our Dr. Brett Belchett's talking about uh, how things are in the ventilate, uh, as far as ventilators go, in the ERs. And that is something that uh, a new study by some of Ontario's leading medical researchers are painting an alarming picture of the strain on the healthcare system as COVID-19 cases continue to rise. They're suggesting the province will run out of intensive care beds and ventilators in just 37 days, even if it manages to cut current infection rates in half. Now, this isn't as simple as it was in wartime when uh, manufacturers just switched over and started making something new in their plants. There's a lot of hoops to jump through when you're talking about dealing with um, companies, you know, um, building things like ventilators. Here to talk about it, Fraser Johnson, a professor of operations management at Western University's Ivy Business School. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's be, uh, you know, rip off the veil here of um, show business and uh, and tell everybody where you are right now. Well, I'm uh, right now, I'm uh, just south of Atlanta on my way back to Canada. So you are in transit, your wife's driving. How are you guys? My wife is, my wife is driving the car. She's a better driver than I am, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> so we're in good hands. All right. Uh, there's a lot of... A lot of traffic, but there's a lot of Canadian plates going in the same direction. And how uh, health-wise, everybody's good? Yeah, we're we're great. Um, no symptoms, no problems. But uh, as our prime minister told us, it's time to get back to Canada. So the prime minister also alluded to the fact that he is going to look into you know bringing the military in and see if they can help where things are understaffed. You know, companies are looking at maybe we we have uh, we spoke to someone from a local distillery yesterday about how they're building they're making hand sanitizer instead of gin and yep. vodka right now. How hard is it yep. to just you know switch a factory over? What describe the process that would go into that in a timeline to make something as serious as a ventilator? Well, you know, we've got a lot of great engineering and manufacturing talent in Canada and the United States. Uh, and you know, without question, if you put the resources behind it, you can make it happen, but you just can't snap your fingers. You know, I think as anybody who's been to the grocery store lately uh, to get something, you know, even as simple as toilet paper, supply chains are complex. Uh, so if you're talking about making ventilators, for example, uh, you know, the annual production of ventilators around the world is probably in the order of about 50000 the cost of a ventilator to a hospital uh, is anywhere from about $10,000 Canadian, maybe up as high as $60,000. So it's a little bit like manufacturing a car. You've got software, electronics, computer systems, metal and plastic components with supplies and materials that come from all over the world. So is that the biggest hurdle? Is it the supply chain? Well, I think the... Uh, Getting the supply chain aligned is is important. I think where you have to start with is what are you going to make? So I, I say that in that uh, companies like uh, Medtronic and uh, GE Healthcare have got their own ventilators. Uh, so they own the intellectual property. Uh, you've got to work with uh, GE and Medtronic and Philips and the other manufacturers to come up with a design. Now, what can't be left out of this conversation is the fact that the existing manufacturers of ventilators 
are trying to ramp up their supply chains at the same time. Uh, so what do they need? You know, do they need more production capacity in terms of trained people? Do they need uh, more raw materials? You know, what can be done to help the existing manufacturers to be able to support the uh, demand for the product? Yeah, I would imagine. I know that uh, Fabio Valope, he's president of, Automo- of an Automotive yep. Parts Manufacturers yep. Association. He had said that he believes that his members are up to the task. Uh, at least 15 companies have committed to produce medical equipment for um, our our health care system. But um, how hard would it be to train someone to, you know, just all of a sudden, you know, it would take months, wouldn't it, to all of a sudden make something new? Well, it would. Yeah, it would, because you'd have to set up the assembly operation. Uh, keep in mind that, uh, you know, the automotive, you know, the, the big three automotive companies are shutting down their production for the next two weeks because of concerns about the coronavirus. Uh, so just having the availability of the plants is an issue. But I know, Doug Ford. You, you, you would have to... Get into the plant. You'd have to take out whatever's there in terms of existing production facilities, reconfigure the operation. You'd have to bring the people in and train them. Uh, and this gets back to my point that I made earlier. You need to make sure you've got the supplies and the materials to be able to support the production. You know, there are people so, that have talked about know, this subject, and they're saying this is like, uh, well, we did this in World War II. You know, we uh, we turned factories into ammunition plants. Yeah. Why are these, uh, why is it different now in the time of COVID-19? Well, these things just didn't happen quickly back in 1939 and 1940 either. Right? But, uh, you know, it took uh, months to get uh, General Motors to produce tanks and aircraft. Uh, but, you know, the... The window there was much longer, unfortunately. It was six years. Uh, So there was time to be able to get things set up, uh, going, uh, operating effectively. And, you know, by 1941 or 1942, you you had the supply chain and the manufacturing operations well established. Now, what we're looking at is a relatively short window here, I hope. Uh, But it is going to take... uh, uh, several weeks, if not months, to be able to substantially increase production capacity. I know there was a lot of worry about uh, intellectual property and giving away, you know, your plans, your patents to other companies. And, yeah. you know, that's how you make your livelihood. Do you think the government will come in and legislate that this is something we have to do if, to benefit the health of Canadians? Well, I, I think that, you know, anybody who's got, who is currently manufacturing or owns owns the intellectual property for any critical piece of equipment like ventilators, would do the responsible thing. Uh, You know, the conversation has been, you know, how can we get uh, uh, automotive parts manufacturers, for example, to be able to get in production of the ventilators? You know, as I said earlier, though, how about a conversation with the current manufacturers about what they need in terms of support uh, from other organizations, government, and other manufacturers. You know, can we divert raw materials, for example, uh, to uh, manufacturers of ventilators? Can we uh, give them support by producing uh, assembled components that may be in short supply? 
If car part makers end up making ventilators, would they just be making parts or do you think that they would make something that kind of is the full uh, deal? It's like a, looks like basically a dashboard with everything put together. Well, I, I would uh, I would expect the uh, most expedient thing to be would be to uh, make sure that they're getting the uh, parts and supplies that they need, at least in the short term. Uh, if this ends up being a longer term problem that becomes more protracted, uh, then you can take a look at doing uh, assembly work. Well, I want to thank you for your time today. I, I imagine one of the other cha- challenges is going to be getting the workers back into the plants because there, a lot of people were calling us earlier on in this, this week before GM closed saying, I, I don't really want to be at work. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, all the stuff that we talk about, uh, uh, you know, in our personal lives also applies at work in terms of social distancing. And I you know, I would wager that virtually every manufacturing operation in North America right now is concerned that uh, they're going to have to shut down and quarantine for two weeks. Uh, so that's another factor that has to be taken into consideration. Yesterday, Doug Ford said anyone who has a sewing machine, any manufacturing company that, you know, uses sewing machines, we want you. We want to talk to you because uh, we need gowns made. Yeah, we're hearing Canada Goose could make gowns for medical uh staff uh how hard would it be to do this i mean this seems like it might be an easier switch over than building ventilators yeah you know easy switch overs as you talked about the bleed in uh earlier uh with uh companies that are distilling alcohol for example uh i think as long as you can get the design so that the people that are doing the sewing don't have to reinvent the wheel uh those kinds of transitions can be done in days or weeks uh, That's helpful. complicated electronic equipment is much more uh, uh, cumbersome. Professor, I want to thank you for your time. I wish you a safe trip home and um, make sure you're keeping a safe social distance. Thanks, Kelly. I really enjoyed it.